Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you all. Got to move this. I don't like using the uh, mic stands because I like to move around a little bit here. All right, so give me a second while I get situated here. And I got an extra, look at this, extra tall podium for my tablet. It's amazing. Uh, well, it's great to be with you all. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Kyle Lounsbury. Along with my wife, Jasmine, we help uh, lead the campus ministry here in Orange County. Um, and I have the honor and privilege to be able to speak with you guys today. Let's see if this works. I'm not good at the clicker, guys, so please have grace on me. Ah, oh, there you go. It's pretty easy. Um, who would have thought? Today we're going to continue in our uh, Belong uh, theme here, or, or topic, maybe not a theme, uh, and we're going to be talking about belonging to God. We're going to dive into a little bit of security versus insecurity. I'll develop that in a second here, but before we dive into that, I want to ask you guys a question. Can I do that? Sure. All right. Clicker. There we go. What words come to mind when you hear the word secure? Let me get a few answers here. Say it again. ADT, right? Security, security home systems. Good. Okay. Right there. Confident. Good. Money? Money. Okay. Safe. Good. Job. Okay. Kevin? At peace. Any college students over here? Chris? Stability. All right. Let's take one more. Anybody else? In the back. Trust. Good. Yeah. You know, I put for, for myself, I think when I think of secure, I think of strength, safety, maybe comfort, right? Sense of comfort. I also put some control, a level of control where you have your hand, you know, on the wheel there, and certainty, right? Secure. I believe. Most of us, probably all of us, want some level of security in our lives. Can we agree to that? Okay, good. You know, the definition of secure is to be free from danger or harm, to make safe, right? To be free from it, to be secure. You know, then I want to ask us also, why do we desire to feel safe or secure? Why do I desire it? Why do I want this safety or this security in my life? Well, we're going to talk about that today. But I think for me, a part of it is I like to be in control of things. I like to know what's to come. I like to, to feel like, man, the unknown, I already know it. Right? Wouldn't that be nice? I desire to know what's to come. I want to feel safe. Anybody relate to that? So what I want to do here before we jump in is I want us to close our eyes for a moment. And I want us to think of a time in our lives, it could be even now, but think of a time in your life when you lacked security or safety in your life. Think of that time. You know, that time may not feel very good. It may bring up some feelings. It may make us feel hurt, pain. 
But I'm here to tell you, maybe you're in that now, maybe that was in the past. We serve a God who can bring us true security. Amen? And you know, we're kind of in a dilemma right now. As human beings, we're in a dilemma. With a world full of uncertainty and an innate human desire to seek control in all of us, we constantly battle with feelings of insecurity. It is when we understand who we belong to and what he provides for us that we will find true and lasting security. Amen? And that's Jesus. So today we're going to look at a story where Jesus pretty much explains and shows to us through his disciples what happens when we lose sight of him and don't have him at the forefront of our security. Amen? Before we do that, let's say a word of prayer, and then we'll continue. Father God, good morning. Thank you so much for this time to be able to worship you with my brothers and sisters. God, I'm so grateful for the hearts, for the, for the spirit, and this, just the desire to know you that we have here in this room. God, for all the brothers and sisters, no matter what they're going through, whether it's trials, whether it's good times, mountains or valleys, whatever it is, they are here this morning to worship you. And God, I pray that as we think of how we can belong to you and how we can overcome our insecurities, I pray that you allow us, God, to fix our eyes on you, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. God, we love you. Pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. We're going to dive into a story here that is one of my personal favorites. It's one of the impossible stories. In verse 22, it reads, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. We're going to stop there for now. So most of us have maybe heard this story before. Jesus walks on the water. But we're going to take a look here at two different observations. Amen? Two different observations. And the first is Jesus is present even when you can't see him. He is there even when you can't see him. Obviously in verse 26 it says, When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And cried out in fear. The disciples couldn't see Jesus. They didn't know who was on the lake. You know, it says it was just before dawn, right? It was dark. I assume it was maybe 4, maybe 5 a.m. Who here ever gets up 4 or 5 a.m.? All right, that's pretty early. Anybody do that consistently? Wow, you guys are amazing. You guys are built different, all right? Well, I know for myself... At 4 or 5 a.m., I am, I am, I'm like 30% of my mind is there probably. And 
if I were to be on a boat that early in the morning and I saw this figure on a lake, I would go, be going crazy just like the disciples, right? I would not know what's going on. You know, we would probably, most of us at that time in the day would probably feel some sense of insecurity, right? Some sense of, of unsafety, of the unknown, right? You don't know what's out there, especially on a boat in the middle of a lake. You just don't know what's out there. And we see the response of the disciples, right? Let me go back here. We see their response. They say, it's a ghost. They're scared. They are insecure. They don't know what's out there. You know, I think for us at times in life, we can not necessarily see Jesus in the midst of our circumstances, and that can cause us to feel insecure. Are you with me? I want to ask us a question here. Let me skip forward. Oh, there you go. Uh, what do you do when you get insecure? What's your re- reaction? What's your response? What are some of your triggers? How do you start acting when you get insecure? Do you get scared like the disciples? It's a ghost. Do you get fearful? Maybe some of us, we can get a little lonely, you can feel like, man, I'm just going to shut down. I'm going to go, you know, hide in my safe place and, and shut down. Maybe others of us can get angry. I know I can, can tend to turn towards anger and frustration. Man, I just don't know what that is, and I'm frustrated about it. Maybe it's a false confidence. Maybe we want to just, oh, no, I'm good. Everything's okay. Right? But really, not everything's okay. There's insecurity in there, but you're trying to put on the front. You know, for me, I want to share a quick story here. Uh, this past week, it was actually kind of funny. Jasmine uh, was getting home from an appointment pretty late at night. And I think it was like 11 o'clock. And we have a back alley where our carport is, where she'll park. And so I hear the car pull up, and I'm like, oh, it's dark out. It's late. I'm going to go, you know, stand outside in the backyard and just watch her as she parks and comes in, make, her, make sure she feels safe. And as I go outside, she's, you know, turn, turned around towards me, and she's like locking the gate. And she doesn't see me. And we're probably about, I would say, about 10 yards away. And for those who know my wife, she doesn't have the best eyesight. And she needs glasses, and she wasn't wearing them. And so she couldn't see me. She just saw this big figure of a man in the, in the shadows, and she got really scared. She turned, and she's, whoa! She was freaked out, right? Why? Because she couldn't see me. She didn't know who it was, right? So that's how I kind of imagine what's going on here. And, you know, I was like, honey, I'm just here to protect you. I'm just here to, say, I'm just here to make sure you're safe, right? Well, think about the disciples. They were scared of the very one they worshipped out on the lake, right? They got insecure about it. You know, when difficult or testing times in your lives come, do you begin to get fearful like the disciples or maybe insecure you know, I remember when I started liking Jasmine back in college, one of my good friends was uh, also a good friend of her, and he was kind of my wingman. He was trying to help me out, get to, you know, as I was trying to pursue her and start dating her, and he was trying to help me out on that. So he would occasionally talk to her to kind of get the gauge of where she was at, uh, whether or not she liked me. And I remember this one time, uh, we, we were, I think she brought him a Starbucks uh, at midweek, at our midweek devotional. And I was like, 
huh, she brought him a Starbucks but not me? That's weird. And I got really insecure. I was like, wait, I thought I, thought I was trying to get her to like me. Did, and I started, I, I got to the point where I was like, does she like him now? Right? I was like, what is going on? I was like, what is, yeah, exactly. I was like, man, what, what's up with this man? And, you know, the, the feelings of insecurity started to get me there. And I started to feel really like, wow, like, maybe he's better than me. Maybe, maybe there's something in him that she likes that I don't have, Right? And these feelings of insecurity started to, to, to creep up on me. And then later that night when we're driving, driving home, I'm driving with, uh, with my friend, and he's drinking his Starbucks, and I'm all mad at him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he, you know, you know he, he, he didn't like Jasmine at that time. And so he was like, dude, like, yeah, I think she likes me. I'm really sorry. Like, he felt bad. <laughs> And I was like, dude, I know. And I was like, I was like, can we just pray about it? Like, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and then it dawned on him. Like, probably 10 minutes into the drive, he was like, oh, my gosh, wait. He was like, there's no way she likes me. He was like, I know what she's doing. She's trying to get on my good side so that I can help her to get you to like her. And I was like, what? And sure enough, that was the case. Jasmine was pl- playing a game all along that I had no idea what she was doing. And a month later, we started dating, and now we're married a couple of years later. So the rest is history. But why do I share that? The reason I share that is in the moment, I was really insecure. In the moment, I didn't know what was going on. But all along, right, there was actually something good happening in, in my favor, right? There was something awesome happening but I was too blinded by my own insecurity to see what was actually happening. In the same way, the disciples were too blinded by their own insecurity to see this amazing miracle of Jesus walking on the water to them. They were scared. You know, sometimes for us, you know, just because we may feel insecure or scared or unsafe doesn't mean we actually are. It doesn't mean we actually are not safe or are insecure. We just feel it. And feelings are real. They're valid. But it doesn't mean they actually are the case. And for me, in that moment, I had to realize just because I was feeling this way didn't mean that's what actually was happening. It was because... I lost sight of my trust and security in God and started putting my own trust and security in myself that I realized that I got myself in a hole there. Does that, does that make sense, church? I think this is a powerful statement for us to understand, for all of us, that just because we may feel it doesn't mean it's the truth, doesn't mean it's actually what's going on. Jesus is still working. Jesus is still powerful even when we may feel like he's not there. I love verse 27, Jesus' response here to the disciples. Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus is saying, guys, it's me. What are you worried about? Take courage. And notice how the disciples, we're going to read this in a second, but their tune changes so fast. They realize, oh, it's Jesus, cool. 
But then one of them, we're going to look at that, that's Peter, doubts. But sometimes in life we may get insecure because we can't see Jesus in the midst of the circumstance, church. We can't see him. And the truth is, he's there all along, even when you can't see him. He's saying, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. I've got you. I've got this. It may be hard. You may not see what's to come, but I'm here. My question to you is, are you going to trust that he's there even when you can't see him? Even in the hardships, even in the financial struggles, even in the the, the health struggles, are you going to see that he's there? Amen, church? Because he is, and he's powerful, and he's wanting to protect you. He's wanting to, to allow himself to be shown. But it may take a little more time. It may not be in that moment that he'll reveal himself, but he is there. All right, let's move to the next point here. Let's keep reading. Matthew 14, 28. Here's Peter's response. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. The second observation is don't lose sight of Jesus. Don't lose sight of Jesus. What do we see Peter did here? He did something none of us in this room can say we've ever done. He walked on water. How? Jesus. This is amazing, right? He did the impossible, but he lost focus. And what did he do? He started to sink. Do we see that? He started to sink. Can any of us relate to Peter a little bit? Can any of us feel like, man, there's times where I'm doing the impossible and God is working through me and it's awesome. But as soon as I lose focus, something, I just, I mess it up. You ever felt like you've ever done something amazing or something just like, wow, like God is using me. This is great. And then you immediately like lose focus or get distracted. And then you begin to mess everything up. It doesn't feel good, right? It kind of reminds me of uh, these videos in sports. Okay, I'm going to show a clip here. You guys ready up there? I'm going to show a clip. It reminds me of this. Can we get some sound? Sorry, Marcel, it's the 49ers. Watch this one. Pick six. He loses it. He gets it back, but he's still down at the one-yard line. Didn't get the touchdown. Shocker around the league, 100-yard return, but not a touchdown out of it. Here's Terry Green. Couple basketball ones here. Bass, steal by the Pistons. Knights all alone. Oh, he missed it. Just an easy, easy layup. Oh, he missed it. Are you kidding me? Get there, Denver, with an opportunity. Calamari's ahead of the pack. He will Blue the layup, the game tying layup. There's one more. There's no place that he wouldn't want to hide right now. Uncontested layup, he misses it. 
uses his left hand and he uses his left hand very, very well. It's not like it. This is hilarious. Baby. Uh -huh. And then he clobbers. He went for the dunk and he didn't get high enough. Me welcome to the blooper <laughs> And he missed you it. Big baby. <laughs> so why do I show these clips, right? This is, this is the first thing that came to mind when I started thinking of Peter. It's like Peter's doing the impossible. He's doing the most amazing thing you can think of. He's got the interception. He's running for the touchdown. He loses focus, and he fumbles the ball before he's able to complete the touchdown. All right? Why? He lost focus. He lost sight of Jesus. He stopped focusing on the one that made it possible. Church in in what ways in our life have we lost focus of the one that made it even possible for you to be in that spot? We can't lose focus, church. You know, at this time, I'm going to bring up Jasmine for a brief interview here where she's going to share a couple of, uh, of things here about a time where she may have lost sight of Jesus. And she's going to explain and break down here a little bit how she was able to recover from that. So I'm going to ask her a few questions here. All right. There you go. See, I'm working on the clicker thing. All right. So, Jasmine, can you share a time when you lost sight of Jesus? On. Mic working? Go ahead. Mic four. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I think a moment, I mean, I had moments with an S that I have lost sight of Jesus, but I think one of them that comes to mind is um, after I graduated, um, I, one, was already insecure because I graduated at the age of 25, and so if you can do the math, I didn't do the four-year plan that most people do, and so I think with that, I already felt insecure. Um, but right after graduation, I applied to jobs, um, and I got interviews, but I didn't get the call back that I got the job. And I literally was doing this for about three to four months, just kept applying to jobs, going to interviews, and nothing was happening. Um, and I think that really rocked me. Um, it really rocked, um, just the way that I viewed myself. I was really insecure. I just felt like, Am I not smart enough? Am I not good enough? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I get a full-time job? Um, and I just, I think that also kind of synced into my relationship with God as well. Um, because I think I started to be insecure with him and feeling like, okay, God, like, are you helping me out here? Like, what's going on here? Like, I'm, I'm faithful to you. I'm following you. I'm living my life for you. What's, what's happening? What are you doing here? And so I think that was a moment where I lost sight of Jesus is not being able to find a full-time job after graduation. Amen. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I think most of us in here can relate to that for sure. Um, you know, during that time, obviously there, there was the struggle of the insecurity like you shared of, man, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe uh, uh, there's something, something wrong with me or, or whatever those feelings might have been. But my next question is sort of, you know, what happened, you know, during that time when you lost sight of Jesus? What, what was some of the thoughts you had? Or maybe where, where were you going uh, with that? Yeah, totally. I, um, I think, you know, usually during that time, I probably should have read my Bible and probably should have looked at God's promises and truths. 
But I think instead, I just did really, I would, would go on social media, and I would go on, that's like a red flag, right? You're like, don't go on social media. Why? Because then you start to compare yourself. I started to see people that I graduated from high school with, they're getting jobs, they're buying houses, they're, you know, getting married, having a baby. And so I definitely got even more insecure just being on social media and kind of comparing myself to people. Um, and I felt like that really robbed my joy. Um, and another one was just worrying about my life at the time I was dating Kyle. Um, and I was just worried, oh my gosh, God, like if I don't get a job, then that means I can't save. And if I can't save, then I can't get married. And if I can't get married, then what's going to happen with my life? Like, I think I was so caught up of like my circumstance and the worries of my life. And, um, and I think again, like I, that was happening during my, um, losing sight of Jesus. And it's like, I didn't, I was so fixated on my circumstances. I was so fixated on my insecurities and my doubts and my fears. And I allowed that um, to be in my relationship with God. So, Amen. You know, the, the, obviously the, the, the good question to ask here is, is sort of how did you get out of that state of insecurity? Well, maybe, you know, we can ask it. How do you regain sight of Jesus after you had lost that focus on him? Yeah. Um, good thing I didn't stay there. Um, yes, it took me honestly probably about five to six months kind of being in this woe is me, just insecure place. Um, but I finally like just, you know, the women in my life, I went, went to them and just kind of share with them, like, can you please help me? Like, I am tired of kind of doing it my way. Like, I need help. Um, I need to you know, regain my security in God. I felt like I've lost that. And so the women in my life, um, I have a little plug here, but they recommended this book called Trusting God by Jerry Bridges. And the reason why I love this book so much is because Jerry Bridges forces you to look at scriptures. He has a section where he's every chapter, he's like, look at the scriptures be inspired, get convicted by the scriptures, and then my opinions and thoughts will just be an add-on. And I felt like that really helped me to really see who God is and the promises that he, he has for me and his faithfulness and his goodness. Um, and I felt like that really helped me is just the basic thing was going to the word, reading his truths and promises, um, and then just praying to God, praying to God, like, God, help me overcome my unbelief, like, help me overcome these insecurities, these things that are, I just feel like they're overcoming my heart, and I felt like that really helped me a lot, just letting people in my life, reading the Bible, praying, I know that sounds so basic, but it really did help, because that's the things that I weren't, wasn't doing before. Um, and so I think that really helped me regain my sight of Jesus, seeing that he is good. And, um, and then just to share with you guys in January, 2020, I did get a job, um, which was super, super encouraging. It was a full-time job, but what was even more encouraging that now I look back and I'm like, man, God, you were so faithful. I was just so impatient. Like, I'm never going to doubt you again, which is not true, but I'm like, oh, please, I don't want to go to that place again because, you know, obviously with 2020, every, you know, most people lost their jobs, but I had um, 
the blessing to keep my job during COVID. And I just look back and I'm like, God, you really were waiting for me to have that job, that per not perfect job, but that job so that when COVID does happen, I will still have a job that I won't be let go. And I just was like, whoa, God, you knew exactly what you were doing. Um, and I think it just really humbled me a lot of, okay, God, this is a good moment where I'm like gonna keep forever with me and remember that when I do get insecure again or when I do start to be tempted to lose sight of Jesus, I can go back to this moment of like, no, God, you came through, you provided, you got me the job, you blessed me with that. And so now going forward, I'm not going to run to insecurity and doubt. I'm going to run to you for security and run to your truths that you are faithful, that you are good, and that you will provide. Amen. I'm not even going to try to even follow that up. Give it up for Jasmine. Great job, babe. Thank you. You know, I love the progression of seeing that, you know, she, she graduated college. She was fired up, you know, on cloud nine. She finally got it done. And then she gets hit with reality. Wow, I can't find a job. And I remember it was a really discouraging time for her. And to see, you know, you know the, the struggle and the insecurity she went through, but allowing God to prevail ultimately. And eventually she found sight again of Jesus uh, and called out to him just as though Peter did once he realized, oh my gosh, I'm sinking. Lord, save me, right? That's what Peter said here. And so what I, what I want us to understand is Jesus is the protector and savior. He's the one that's going to pull us out of the water as we're sinking. He's the one that's going to come in, swoop us off our feet before calamity or destruction happens. You know, when we can get insecure when we lose sight of Jesus, church. When we lose sight of Jesus in our lives, we get insecure. And Peter, Peter focused on the wind rather than on Jesus. He started getting concerned about what was going on around him rather than what was right in front of him, Jesus Christ. So when we accept that we belong to Jesus and when we feel, I'm sorry, when we accept that we belong to Jesus is when we will feel and be secure. Amen. I want to close out in Psalm 23, verse 1. This is the Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley... I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Brothers and sisters, let's remember that Jesus is present even when you can't see him. And let's not lose sight of where he is despite our difficult circumstance. Amen? I love you guys. Thank you.